Well, to get a sense of the impact Minister Kotongwana's budget speech has on markets, if any, it is perhaps instructive to look at the day's market performance with Tamsang Laneta from Shiloh Capital. Unfortunately, uh, we are unable to get a uh, hold of Nick Kunza, but we're all right, Tammy, we're all right. <laughs> Whew, so much, so much to talk about in terms of that budget. But let's start off with the market reaction. We're seeing the JSC in the red. And the RAND, I'm not exactly sure if it's moving much. What have you observed in terms of how the markets have reacted to that budget? Uh, typically, historically, markets don't react immediately to budget movements. Okay. Uh, they react more to what central banks do because of the interest rates and their impact on the markets and valuations. Um, there's been some policy changes in the budget, but I think they will flow through over time. Uh, the, the downside of budgets is that you have to wait for the execution. Yes. Uh, the upside is the indicative of the future revenues and expenditure of a nation. Yeah. Um, yeah, just talking about that, of course, we have to wait for execution. But in terms of what was spoken in the budget, um, I don't know. Some people are saying that it was boring. Some people are saying that um, they said what we expected. Others are saying that we need more clarity on certain issues. So how would you rate that budget? If we're talking about time, <laughs> the, the minister did really well. He didn't keep us there for yeah, long. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, but the content of it addressed the three big issues. The one was ESCOM, the other was the infrastructure, and the third one was debt. So he was direct and impactful in dealing with those. The details around retirement, social spending, especially the public, wa public sector wage bill, which still has to be outlined, yeah. is the key things that will not, were not detailed out, but it's important to know that ESCOM now has fiscal room. The government has taken 250 odd billion off their table, uh, which is a huge chunk given where they were before. Uh, the incentives to put solar on our in our businesses, 125% return given by the government, which is an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking more pressure off the grid. The, the municipality debt, the 50 odd billion that he discussed, the infrastructure that is budget that is given to Sunral and related logistics. I hope some of it will go to Transnet. Yeah. They need it. The queues at Richards Bay are getting yeah. quite heavy. Yeah. Uh, but he spoke to the key matters on the table. Uh. The details will be what will unfold when we start talking about retirements, the savings, the tax savings, and how that will impact. But uh, if yeah. you drink and smoke, you're in trouble as usual. <laughs> I'm glad he left that alone. Uh, I was wondering why you weren't smiling before this interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez, cigars, cigars. Um, but I, I loved how the minister, especially around uh, the, the disaster fund, how he explained yeah. the difference between emergency and how he went back and also spoke about how provinces must then have professionals who mm -hmm. value the infrastructure needs yeah. that they can demand the budget from the state. So he, he, he was clear about okay. that process, which is helpful as well. Are you clear on the ESCOM debt situation? Um, and just looking at that amount, do you think that uh, they did too much or they could have done more? And are you just clear on, on the conditions as well and how they're going to do it? So it comes down to how ESCOM will use that fiscal space. Mm. Um, most of that debt was already government guaranteed, as he said. So mm -hmm. in essence, you're moving money from one pocket to another yeah. to ensure that the, the, the silo that is ESCOM has the ability to, 
to use the, the electricity rate increases they've received over the last 10 years effectively, mm. settle the debt, build, build the power stations, and make sure we have energy. Um, if they will do that effectively, then becomes the real question. Uh, we've, we've seen how uh, power stations, which are supposed to cost X, end up costing Y. Yeah. Um, so we hope that ESCOM doesn't waste this fiscal space they've been given. Yeah. Uh, it's meaningful. Uh, it reduces debt. It guarantees... Uh, debt holders. I, I wonder how what percentage of that is foreign and what percentage of that is local. Yeah. Uh, that'll be indicative, but uh, it's a good way to clear balance sheet space for for our our energy yeah. power producer. And that's the thing. Uh, you talk about how um, uh, ESCOM will say that they're going to spend X, but they spend Y, and it's largely um, yeah. There's there's this, there's this, it's largely believed that we don't really have an income problem. Our revenues are fine, but we have an expenditure problem where the allocations are a bit wonky. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, on uh, the SDR, um, are you okay with it? Like, uh, uh, is it okay for it to remain at 350 considering the pressures that people are undergoing, but also knowing the balance that uh, Treasury has to strike and what they're working towards in terms of fiscal consolidation? Yeah, I think we have to recognize we're a developing nation. We can't borrow ourselves to the hilt. We have to have some levels of fiscal consolidation, and we have to make the hard decisions that balance that out. We're never going to be okay. We always want to make sure we look after those who are part of the weaker side of the economy and those who need the assistance and can't get jobs and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also got to understand that we need a future and an economy to hand over to those who follow us in future. So I think it's, an, it's a difficult balancing act, mm. uh, but I think what's important is we need to get back on the growth track we need to get our infrastructure right. We need to create an enabling business environment. And then the debt consolidation will be resolved. And then there'll be more space to address the social issues we have yeah. uh, as a nation. Are you surprised by the debt to GDP dynamics that are playing out, particularly now with the absorption, um, what is forecast to be with the absor absorption of the ESCOM debt? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's high. The yeah. 70 odd percent is very high. Um, but Fortunately, there's a pathway to resolving it, and they've outlined that pathway. Mm. Uh, again, is whether the, the National Treasury and the government are going to be able to address that issue. 38% um, of that is foreign debt, so there's a large part of it which is domestic, um, so they can continue to tap into the domestic market, especially with the structure of pensions in South Africa, mm. so they've got scope. But what's important is there's a path they've outlaid, on how they're going to resolve it. Uh, ideally, you want that lower than 50 because 70 is quite high. Yeah. Uh, it's about 20% of that is interest. 20% of revenues is interest payments. That's also quite high. So we need to manage our income better, pay off our debts, and enable us to have fiscal room. So yeah. it's important to create that. That will enable us to have more tax relief for the consumer as well as, as yeah. the income earner. 366 uh, billion rand of those debt servicing costs. Mm. Incredible. Mm. Tammy, did you get a chance to look at <laughs> the company news that came out of the JSC today? Uh, not today. <laughs> uh, I just looked at the yeah. charts. Uh, but typically, yeah. things like this don't move much. I, I know, but let's, let's just chat. Let's just yeah. chat. Um, I did have an interview with Bidcorp earlier on. 
So, I mean, this is a counter that um, has largely had neg uh, positive sentiment around it, um, benefiting from the recovery of the economies. They operate in 35 countries. Of mm. course, you'll see different dynamics in all of those countries, but really seeming that, um, yeah, they, they're shooting the lights out. Um, I don't know. Is, is this one that you can get into at this point, or do you maybe think that it's maybe a little bit too bloated in terms of where the share price is mm. at? <laughs> I think you've got to treat uh, Bitcorp a lot like an index. Mm. They've got a lot of entities, a lot of sectors under their purview, uh, and they and they operate in various various economies and markets. Yeah. So in essence, they are a listed index, and you then you have to view them as a stock you would buttress your your portfolio with yeah. going forward. So price entry matters, price price to value matters, uh, but as a stock well run in multiple sectors they're well diversified and you've got to treat it as an index of of some sort of the of the economies and the sectors they operate in yeah uh what about uh, standard bank uh, obviously um uh, south africa africa focused bank and also the banks have been a favorite uh, when it comes to uh, when you look at the different sectors of the JSE. So today they actually came out with a good uh, trading update saying that they expect headline earnings uh, to uh, jump by more than a third of a percent. And I was actually still surprised at how much that share jumped, I think about 4%, considering how much good news has already been there. So is this a sign that we still have a lot more upside to go when it comes to the banks? Uh, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that they've got multiple exposure across multiple regions on the continent. We saw how ABSA took a bath in Ghana recently. Um, so, so the Standard Bank. They also took a bath. Yeah. Um, but the point is they are more stable in terms of how they manage their book. Mm. They have a broader uh, base and they also got a really big brother. Yeah. Um, so, so that sort of changes the dynamics of how you look at them and their stability going forward. I think uh, our financials or our banks generally will perform well over time, yeah. given the markets they address, the capital they have, and the reserve bank requirements, which keep them in good capital state in comparison yeah. to a lot of their peers globally. But even with the weakness that we are seeing in Iran right now and the slow growth dynamics? Well, the twofold. One, <laughs> well, they have been dabbling yeah. in the RAND, but um, they don't have too much to say about that. Uh, a lot of that is interest rate differential. Uh, secondly, the growth, they have to be the ones who are in the face of it by pushing the lending. Yeah. So they have a much better view of where the economy is going and where it will end up before a lot of other institutions, including the central bank, will sort of have. So if they are bullish doing well managing their risks, mm. they'll always do better um, over time. Yeah. Let's talk about Coronation, of course, one that has been of interest lately um, with that uh, tax debacle that they have with SARS. So quite a lot of movements uh, that is going on. They're saying that they plan um, to uh, appeal that. What are you making of that and just the, the, the timing of them uh, coming out with, with the detail, considering that they were mum about it for a while? Yeah, they must hire <laughs> MTN's lawyers. <laughs> whoever whoever <laughs> MTN uses, they should hire those lawyers. Uh, but I think SARS is not an unreasonable institution. I think mm. if they approach them properly, they can come to some form of negotiated settlement. Negoti uh, coronation manages huge assets in their dividend stock. So I think they, they can do very well going forward. They just need to be 
diligent in how they deal with SARS yeah. and hire the right people. They'll get a good negotiated settlement. They must pay their dues. And I guess it's a lesson to everybody mm -hmm. uh, that they must manage their tax affairs properly. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's get to your stock pick for today. Do you have one? No, <laughs> I don't have one today. Oh, SA Inc. Okay, okay. Opposition SA, Inc. SA Inc. Oh, really? Surprising yeah. because we've seen actually most of the positive sentiment coming through to Rand Hedge stocks. Yeah, so my view is over the long term, yeah. South Africa is going to yeah. inevitably have to sell more and produce more. Okay. We've got the ability to do that in most sectors. We've got a relatively strong manufacturing capacity. Uh, mining is moving more towards beneficiation. Mm -hmm. We've got one of the more liquid emerging market currencies in the world. So our ability to address the world's needs, especially with what the EU has announced with 2020, 2035, that they don't want carbon emission cars. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the resources that are here, manganese vanadium so I think we've got a good shot at coming out of this well uh, there will be some pain uh, as yeah. as they all is and the minister said it this is yeah. not austerity this okay. is a choosing yeah. between hard options to come out at the end well yeah and obviously more pain translates to a dip in the share prices so maybe this is this would be a the good time to get in. The value is definitely yeah. there. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for your time, Tabby. Yes. That was Tamsang Naneta from Shiloh Capital.